0: Hey, this is Amy Bentley with RWMS Group, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 87, dedicated to a man who was the number one overall draft pick in the 1987 NFL Draft. Mr. Vinny Testaverdi, and as always thank you for listening and downloading to another episode of the podcast on today's episode we talk a little bit about Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement a trap that I believe a lot of football fans are currently falling into Percy Harvin is he going to come back and play football as well but first to all of my MTNV, my team, my voice, sports podcast network listeners and family, if you're wondering who is this guy, does he come back, to, speaking of myself, you you be wondering who is this guy, does he always come out and have uh, content and have episodes on back-to-back days and things like, things like that, no. Normally, the order of operation for this podcast is, it's Monday, solo, I am by myself. Thursday, I come on, to have a guest. Uh, normally other podcasters, I've had some of my friends on as well. Uh, make it a little more, more person, personable uh, with those moments like that as well. But today, this week was special. The NFL Draft being today on Thursday, April the 23rd. And what I ended up doing, I went solo Monday, pushed the guest portion up a day on Wednesday the 22nd. On the 23rd today, I am solo as well. Another thing that I like to do as well, something you'll get used to as you continue to listen to the podcast and a lot of you new listeners, you'll get used to this trend as well. If there is a topic that has a female involved as a female topic, I try to push that and make that very very important and make that the opener of the show why because a lot of times females don't get the platform a lot of men don't want to talk about women in sports Uh, a lot of people just want to gloss over the stories or to talk about them but don't give them the uh, importance that they deserve and so this time just like monday it's another female topic uh something that's very very important you'll probably see it on sports center or your sports talk radio shows around the country even some of your local stations as well they will be talking about this show this uh individual as well because it's very very important Miss Muffet McGraw the 33 year women's basketball coach at the University of Notre Dame has decided to retire and at first glance my first thought was wow Miss McGraw I wonder if COVID got you not saying she got the virus. Don't think that at all. But I'm wondering if that COVID-19 effect on our country, you're at home. You're not with your players. You're not with other coaches. You're doing things via social media. Uh, well, now, Grady, you've been doing things via social media for quite a long time, but all of your meetings are via social media. I mean, if it's FaceTime, if it's Zoom, uh, no matter what it is, I know Google and Microsoft have a, have a platform as well for video conferencing, video chatting. Maybe that COVID-19 effect got you. Like I said, not that she got the virus. Don't think that. But that she got home, she was relaxing, she was not in the office every day, she was not on the court every day, she was not with the players or the coaches every day, and all of a sudden she started to relax a little bit, sit back on her chair, sit back at her couch, sit there in her office, and really start, started to contemplate life after coaching. And all the, I'm sure by now she already has some of those thoughts, some of those uh, things come into her mind about, wow, when is when is the when is the end going to come? When is it time to hang it up? When is it time to call it quits? And ultimately, this was the time. I don't know if COVID-19 and the effects of it were the reasons behind her deciding to retire now, but lo and behold, it doesn't matter if that was it or if it was just the offseason and this was her time. It is time for her to hang it up. Here's what she had to say about retiring at this point in time. Quote, it has been my honor to represent the University of Notre Dame these past 33 years, but the time has come for me to step down as your head basketball coach. I am grateful to have worked with the best assistant coaches in the business and I have been blessed to coach so many phenomenal women. End quote. Miss Muffin McGraw at Notre Dame, just her tenure at Notre Dame, which spanned from nineteen eighty seven up until twenty twenty. And we all know how COVID nineteen happened. It halted the women's basketball the women's college basketball season and the men's college college basketball season. And once again, Notre Dame, as you know, normally tries to do something, stir up some noise, make some noise in the in the NCAA tournament in the spring. At Notre Dame, she won eight hundred and forty eight games. Let me think that again. 33 years, she won 848 games. Her all-time record is 936 and 292. She is one of five Division I coaches with 930-plus wins. Pat Summit, Tara Vanderveer, Gina Auriemma, and as you all know, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski. Elite company, Rare Air. Elite company that, well, deserves a lot of recognition. Who? Else? What other things has Miss? P- uh, almost said Pat Summit, Excuse me. She's gone. She's no longer with us, unfortunately. Miss Muffet McGraw. What other things has she accomplished in her career? Because I know a lot of people. When you hear Muffet McGraw, you don't know who she is. You have no idea who she is. A lot of people don't follow women's college basketball. And if they follow it, sometimes they even forget some of the coaches, some of the great coaches that are there in that game. Miss Muffin McGraw has won two NCAA titles, has made nine, check that, nine Final Four trips, five ACC tourney titles, six ACC regular season titles. Uh, She won titles regular season and in the tournament, in the Big East, in the MCC, in the ECC, four-time AP Coach of the Year, three-time Naismith Coach of the Year, and a bunch of other accolades as well. I first saw this uh, report via Scott Agnes of The Athletic. He covers the Indiana the Indiana Pacers for them, and then I'm on, in a couple groups on Facebook where just the love and the sheer admiration and the sheer respect and and just, just one of the greats of the game is gone and no longer coaching, We're no, no longer be on the sidelines at all. Also, Miss Muffin McGraw sent 20 players to the WNBA. Yes, once again, 20 players to the WNBA. Remember, the WNBA has only been around since the late 90s, which means she's almost sending one player every single season. Huge! Uh, some of those players are Skylar, Diggins, Smith, Kale McBride, Arike um, Abugawale. I got her name right. I was worried about that. when then Miss Ruth Riley. There are certain coaches in the basketball world: John Wooden, uh, uh, Dean Smith, Coach K, Gina Oriyema, Pat Summit. Certain coaches that you associate with a program: Adolph Rupp. Uh, Going to go to uh, NBA basketball. Red Auerbach, there are certain coaches that you associate with a certain program. They're very successful. They win. And you know when they're on the other side or when they're on the television screen, when they're on the sidelines, you know exactly what to to expect from their team. This Muffin McGraw, Notre Dame women fighting Irish, you would know what to expect with them. It's unfortunate she's no longer coaching, but we all know coaches, they coach. They influence. They educate. Even though she's no longer on the sidelines coaching basketball at this time, her influence Her thought and her ability to educate and to influence others, men and women, that will not stop. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Tampa, Florida, because my, oh my, Tom goes down to Tampa and who decides to follow him? Rob Gronkowski. Yes, you heard that correctly. Rob Gronkowski is back in the NFL. You may be thinking, Jay, he just signed a contract with WWE. He has his own business. Last football season, he was an analyst on Fox Sports. So you're telling me that he's back in the NFL? He has decided to not just enjoy retirement? He, he got that to play football again, and he's back in the NFL? Yes, I'm not breaking news. It came out on Tuesday. But yes, Rob Gronkowski is back in the NFL and when healthy Rob Gronkowski is a nightmare, a mismatch, you can't stop him. Okay, cool. I'm going gonna, gonna to play three different scenarios out for you and just tell you how I see them happening. You may, be, you may see them different, but I have game film to show you that what I am telling you is fact, it's gospel with Rob Gronkowski's gameplay. Scenario number one, Rob Gronkowski still lines up in the tight end position. What's going to happen if he goes out for a pass? Are you going to have a DN uh, guard him? the ends are not known for covering no that's not gonna happen can he guard him no he can't they may be the same size maybe the same speed but Rob Gronkowski is better at running routes and impact and 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 getting open than a defensive end is at covering okay what is the linebacker going to cover him mismatch is a same thing going to cover him mismatch can't rob gronkowski block yes he's one of the best blocking tight ends in the game when he is playing okay cool that's one mismatch so what are you going to do put him in the put him in the slot okay cool you put rob gronkowski in the slot you have a few options there for who can guard him when he goes up for a pass these are going to be all going to be pass scenarios right now number one you're going to bring in your nickel back nickel corner mismatch number two gonna put the strong safety on him yeah a little bit beefier a little bit heavier a little bit better open space what else gonna happen mismatch really big miss okay what else you gonna do put your outside linebacker on him no definitely not <laughs> we don't want them problems no 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 that lb don't want them problems no 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 that's not going to happen so you have a couple scenarios tight end position rob gronkowski who wins rob it pass and pass in pass plays. Okay, cool. You put him in the slot. Who wins that one in pass plays? Rob. Okay, cool. You split him out wide. He's out there all by himself. Who's gonna win that matchup? Who's gonna win that in in a pass play? Third and ten, they need a they need a play, or oh, they need they need a first down, they need they need a catch to move the chains. And they know Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski went on the same page. They're hard, one of the hardest duos to stop. What's going to happen next? What, what, what do you want to put your number one corner on him? <laughs> we have seen that before. It's not pretty. It's pretty for it's pretty for Tom. It's pretty for Rob Gronkowski. For so, for nine years, it was pretty for all the New England Patriots fans, those Boston sports fans that are so used to dominating everything. It makes me sick as a Colts fan, as an Indianapolis sports fan. It makes me sick watching those Boston fans cheer and cheer and cheer and cheer. You've heard him before. Mr. Garrett Grandy recently came on the podcast a few weeks ago, been on the podcast three times. Die hard, die hard boston sports fan fanatic it's embarrassing it gets annoying to listen to this man go on and on and on and on about the patriots winning about the red sox winning about the celtics winning about the bruins winning hey garrett nobody cares about your team nobody cares but it's what boston sports fans do they get excited and we and for so many years those of us that are not fans of boston sports when those patriots come to our town what happens we get embarrassed here's a scenario Different than the past scenarios that I portrayed for you earlier, where Rob Gronkowski embarrassed somebody and kicked him off the club. It's in the goal line set. I think it's a, I think it's like second or third in goal in the two yard line. Patriots, Colts. The Patriots came were not in New England at this time, playing at Foxborough. No, they were in Indianapolis, downtown Indy, playing at Lucas Oil Stadium. It was a run to the left. Rob Gronkowski had one job. Get the guy in front of you away so the running back can score. So what did Rob Gronkowski do? He did his job. We all know that motto. Do your job. Do your job. No days off. Yeah, that that Bill Belichick motto that can squeeze the orange and squeeze all the juice up out of you. Yeah, that's kind of what happens when you're in New England. It squeeze the juice up out of you. I'll get to that in a second. But Rob Gronkowski, I think it was a DB. I think it was a, a safety came down right over him. Like, oh, you're gonna guard me in goal line? Are you crazy? What, what are you doing? Do you know who I am? I'm Rob Gronkowski. I'm the party animal. You see how big I am? You see this big this big brace on my elbow? Do you know who you're messing with? <laughs> eventually, if he didn't, he 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 did eventually find out and figure out who Rob who Rob Gronkowski surely was. Rob Gronkowski at a snap of the ball. The run happened, the run last, I remember very, very well, unfortunately. Rob Gronkowski blocked that guy. Now, Grant, you know a lot of times that play is going to be over, and you want to let go of him, but no, the play was over. Rob Gronkowski kept on blocking, kept on blocking. Lo and behold, he kicked him out the club, as Rob called it, and he pushed the DB outside of the back of the end zone embarrassing that was a highlight on Center the very next day but Rob Gronkowski in any situation when healthy Rob Gronkowski is going to be the man and you know what when Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are on the field together it can be scary a few months ago, and I know Colin Cowherd gets a lot of flack and gets a lot of haters and people talk about him and say, oh, Colin, you don't know what you're talking about. Colin, where did that come from? And I will, I will be the first to tell you. When Colin Cowherd makes some statements, I am one of those guys that sometimes does not agree with them. But he made a comment about how Tom Brady to Indianapolis made sense to him. Now, granted, he does say he's, he is in the interesting business. He's in the business of uh, uh storylines that give him something to talk about that are a little bit juicier than normal. So yes, Tom Brady, the guy that has dominated Indianapolis Colts most of his career going from New England going to go down to Indianapolis to Lucas Oil Stadium the, the home that Peyton built to end his career yes that would be a very a very juicy story for Colin Coward but in the midst of him describing why Indianapolis was a perfect fit for Tom Brady he made this statement Tom loves the tight end and if you go back to Tom Brady's tenure Tom Brady's play throughout his career you will see a lot of plays a lot of big plays going to tight ends and he loves tight ends because they are someone his security blanket and Bill Belichick brings in guys that are mismatches mismatches they are guys that have that are high IQ guys now Randy, you don't all know Aaron Hernandez we don't know what was going on through his head at times while he was on the field but most of the guys that, that Bill Belichick comes in being the GM and the head coach of the team they're high IQ, high IQ guys. They're guys you can trust in in crucial situations. Uh, ben Watson, I mean, uh, you go back and look at them. They're there. And Rob Gronkowski was one of those guys that tied in that Tom could trust. Now, Rob Gronkowski a couple months ago said he got the itch. He, he gave Tom, he was talking to Tom at one point and he he slid it in there. said, hey, hey, Tom, I got that itch again. I, I, I got that urge, I got that itch, I got that I got that, that push, I'm getting that push and that urge to get back into football shape and to get ready to play football in the fall. Now, now we all know a couple months ago, we all know what was about to happen to us. This is probably all oh, towards the middle to the end of, of uh, February, around the time of Kobe Bryant's memorial service. So it was around the time uh, Rob Gronkowski said, hey, I'm getting an itch again. Now, Robert Gorkowski may have heard, I'm not, I'm not sure what, what he does on his free time and if he's up to date with what's going on in the world and the viruses and, and the illnesses and the different things that are going around the world that are killing people, but he may have known about this, but you know what? Still, it's America. It's one of the weird things about America. When something attacks us, we are going to believe, we believe we're believe we going to defeat it as quick as possible, very, very fast, to keep letting our lives go on as normal. So even if Rob Gronkowski knew about said virus, Rob Gronkowski still in his mind said, hey, I know about the virus, and I'm still going to get my, myself ready in football shape to play football in the fall. Now, you ruled out Football in the fall, the draft is going to start tonight. But hey, you know what? Football in the fall is great. Rob, get yourself ready for football in the fall. Rob, hey, let's go. But at the time, Rob didn't know where Tom was going. I don't know if Tom knew where Tom was going. We heard that before the season started. Tom knew or Tom had a a feeling that this was what that last season was going to be his last year in New England. But I don't know if Tom told Rob. I don't know if Rob uh, had a little insight about where Tom was going to go. But what I do know is that when Tom Brady went down to Tampa Bay, Rob Gronkowski, that itch to play again, that got a little bit bigger because he saw it. he knows what Bruce Arians' offense can do. He knows and he has seen what Bruce Arians as a coach can do when he's with his offense from, from Andrew Luck to Peyton Manning to Ben Roethlisberger. He has, he has coached some of these best quarterback talents of all time. Some guys that will be future Hall of Famers. I know I can't say all of them because Andrew Luck, I don't believe in the Hall of Famer. He had, a, he had to do, have a few more great seasons, uh, Pro Bowl seasons, uh, possibly win an MVP for him to even be in the uh, running to win, uh, to be in the Hall of Fame. He has a talent to be in the Hall of Fame, but the career and the short career, and the injuries that, that derailed him kind of pushed him away from being a Hall of Famer with his short career. So Rob Gronkowski's thinking, hmm, if I want to come back, who do I want to play with? I, I, we got the scenarios. Rob knows a tight end. You can't stop me. Rob knows in slot. You can't stop me. And Rob Gronkowski knows uh, when I, when you split me out wide, me and I'm the only one on one side of the field. You can't stop me. Rob knows there's a quarterback that he loves. I mean, loves. Their connection is lethal. It's scary. It's beautiful if you're a fan of the team that they, that they play for. And it's ugly if you're on the opposing side of that. Rob knows that. So Rob is thinking, OK, cool. Who do I want to play for? Who, do Patrick Mahomes, he has somebody. Uh, who do I want to, in Roethlisberger, we don't know what's going to happen. Drew Brees, uh, he has Michael Thomas. I don't know if he's going to be able to split some of those throws between Michael Thomas and myself as well. they also has Emmanuel Sanders. I don't know what's going to happen there. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Am I going to go to the San Francisco 49ers? They got, they got George Kittle. Uh, why in the world would Jimmy G want to throw to me when he has a, his, his best weapon there? So Rob is thinking in his head, now Jimmy G, now granted, he's not an elite guy, but that, that team is winning the Super Bowl and Jimmy G can get better and he can capitalize on that opportunity. Watch that film and say, hey man, look, there were some plays I looked bad. There were some throws that I just messed up. There were some players I know how to fix them and I can get better. Rob is thinking, where am I going to go? And Rob Gronkowski decides to go down to Tampa with Tom Brady. Now let's look at this for a little bit. This is, And I'm going to end this quickly, but Rob Gronkowski to Tampa Bay. These are the receivers and tight ends they had last season. Mike, e- Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Christian Bray, OJ Howard, Rashard Perryman. Okay. Let's think about this. Um, Mike Evans, 67 catches, Chris Godwin, 86 catches, the third wide receiver, 36 catches. Okay, cool. So there's, there's some more throws there. There's some things that can improve upon, but where's Rob want to go? Cause they, if Rob joins that group, That's three tight ends, and OJ Howard's immensely talented Christian Break. We know what he can do. What help me out now? Help me out, guys. Where is Rob going to go? Rob, well, if Rob, Rob goes down there, it sure looks like one of the tight ends is going to be trade bait, and my guess, just like a lot of other people that I have heard and listened to, it will be O.J. Howard. But another thought that I'm thinking about right now, we're thinking about the Buccaneers next season, there is a guy by the name of Peyton Manning, and we all know what happened when Peyton Manning went to the Denver Broncos the 2012 season, he missed, a, now granted, Peyton Manning missed the 2011 season, so he didn't play at, at all, when I say miss, he missed, he didn't play at all, I, I don't want to screw that up or uh, think someone I didn't say that clearly so someone didn't understand what I said Peyton Manning did not play at all in the 2011 season due to neck surgery neck injury and a lot of people didn't know doctors didn't know if Peyton would ever play again if Peyton would be, ever be able to throw a football again lo and behold uh, the 2013 season we all know Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdowns in that season with the 2012 year Peyton Manning Wanted to go somewhere that had some success. They had some plays. I had some receivers that were going to be well, good, very, very good. This kind of reminds me more of Tom Brady about his decision to go down to Tampa. Where can I go where I can be successful now? Where can I go that I could get some wins now? Now Tom Brady has a two-year, fifty million dollars contract. Peyton Manning ended up playing in Denver for four, for four years. Now we're looking back after. Peyton Manning's tenure and we're looking before Tom Brady plays one snap for Tampa Bay but Tom Brady, may sue so the Peyton Manning's receivers in Denver when he got through that first year to Thomas, Eric Decker Brandon Stokely, Jacob Tammy tied in and Joel Dreesen tied in once again, those two guys, Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker, Eric, Derrick, Eric Decker at the time, a great number two receiver, a huge number two receiver. We saw after he left Denver, I forgot where he played at that time, that's not here in my notes, but you know what happened? His play went off because he went from being the number two receiver to be the number one receiver to being the guy that is not getting all the attention to being the guy that gets all of the attention. Now, let's, let's look at this real quick. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Christian Bray, OJ Howard. Brishard pyramid It's sure, so he's like Tom Brady when he decided to go somewhere. He tried to look at the, look at it the same way Peyton Manning did, it, which makes them great. Peyton Manning wanted to go somewhere that had guys that could make him successful. That he could help be successful. That if he wanted to break a record or if a, a record a record was broken or if he needed to uh, make some big plays, they had guys there already set in place to help him. And that's exactly what happened. Now, after that, the 2013 season, Eric Decker was still there. Demarius Thomas was still there, but then the Broncos brought in Wes Welker. Julius Thomas and Jacob Tammy was there. So, what did they do? They brought in a better tight end. They brought in a better. Third receiver. So, okay, cool. Brandon Stokely is good. Wes Welker is better. Jacob Tamme is a cool, is an okay at the time. Not the best, but an average number one tight end. Julius Thomas was better at that time. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashard Perryman. I don't think anything is going to change with the wide receiver position of the Buccaneers. But with the tight end position, Christian Bray, OJ Howard. One of them is going to be trade bait. And the other one is going to be replaced. And the one that's trade bait is going to be replaced with rob gronkowski my one hesitation with rob gronkowski will he stay healthy we know how good he is we know how good he can be but rob gronkowski he missed a lot of games he didn't play a lot of he, he, there were a lot numerous seasons that he didn't play all 16 games why injuries back injuries or uh, no elbow injuries concussions numerous injuries throughout his short career nine seasons and my own question with Rob Gronkowski he's been out for a year doing his own thing currently he sits at at six foot five 250 pounds he thinks it won't be hard for him to gain 10 to 15 pounds but gaining 10 to 15 pounds currently as it sits his joints are a little feel a little bit better less tension with the 10 to 15 pounds off of off of them a little bit lighter so you want to put the 10 to 15 pounds back on. You already know the concerns and the injury issues that you've already had. You put that weight back on, and you've been away from football for a year. <laughs> to all you Buccaneers fans, I want to caution you. Don't get too hype on this trade. Yes, on paper, it looks great. But there is a team I'm going to talk about here very, very soon that on paper looked great before last season. But what happened? They folded. Guys, Rob and Tom Brady together it's it's almost like a match made in heaven but also it's very very scary why it makes it makes me caution things why because we don't know if Rob Gronkowski is going to be able to hold up the entire season and hopefully the Buccaneers go into the postseason will Rob play all 16 games and every game in the playoff for Tom to win a Super Bowl this year or next year I don't know and my gut tells me it's not likely Let's take a trip back to the 2019 season, the offseason, in between the 2018 season and the 2019 season. There was one team that was being talked about literally by everyone. The Cleveland Browns. You all remember what I'm talking about? All the hype around that team. Oh my goodness! They got Baker Mayfield. They got Nick Chubb. They got Jarvis Landry. They got OBJ. Oh my gosh! They got Kareem Hunt. Yeah, he'll he's suspended for a little bit, but yeah, he'll be there. Oh my goodness! there's another guy. They got David Njoku. Oh my goodness! This team's going to the Super Bowl. Yes. And I'm sure, as I say that the people in my apartment complex that, that may be wondering, why in the world is this guy yelling? Sorry, guys. Uh, I don't mean to wake you up. So someone knock on my door. Uh, just having a little fun here in my apartment recording this here podcast. But yes, there are people here that are saying the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. The Browns are going to the Super Bowl. And... I, on this podcast, on this very podcast, go back and look at the archives. You will see that Jay Stevens was not one of those falling into the hype, looking on paper, saying, oh, yeah, they got all these skill players. They have all these guys that are on paper that will put up numbers. They put up stats. They catch the ball. They run the ball. They score touchdowns. They do all these things that are great on the outside of the field, but they don't do anything on the trenches. They don't do it. And you know what happened last year? The Browns, the Browns offensive line that is not the skill position players, those that get talked about all the time, those that are in the they get most of the interviews, that on social media they have the bigger following. No, not those guys. The Browns offensive line gave up 41 sacks last year. Okay, another team not gonna pick on the Browns all day. I can't do that. I know there's Brown fans on Twitter. And maybe they may click on this episode and listen to it and say, hey Jay, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Why are you picking on my team? I'm just laying facts down, guys. I'm just laying down facts. The Arizona Cardinals and myself and Craig Camp will talk about this when he was a guest on the podcast here recently. Also talking about this as well. The Arizona Cardinals gave up 50 sacks last year. Kyler Murray as a rookie got sacked 48 times. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team I just talked about with Rob Gronkowski, a guy that, that I said, hey, I don't know, not really thinking it's going to be very likely that he'll be healthy and stay healthy throughout all 16 games and even every game in the playoffs. I'm, it doesn't look, look like that. And ultimately, I'll go a little bit further. I don't think he plays all 16 games at all. Playoffs or not, I don't think he plays on 16 games. He's too fragile. He gets hurt too much if he puts another 15 pounds on that frame. And he says he feels burdened now. He feels he feels more elusive. He feels more healthy. He doesn't feel the pain that he used to, all the tension. Hey, buddy, keep that weight off. Don't put it back on. It's for your own health, for your own good. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes, we all talk about Jameis Winston. He threw over 5,000 yards. He also went for the 30-30 club, first ever in that club. 30 touchdowns, 30 INTs in one season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they gave up 47 sacks last year. Last season, twenty. So the Browns, forty-one sacks. Everybody was, everybody was 10. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Didn't happen. Didn't make the playoffs. Really embarrassing. Pretty sure they had a losing season. I think they went six and ten. Embarrassing. huh, yeah. Look on paper, that's the US you think is going to win. Look at the trenches, guys. Look in the trenches on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Look in the trenches. Cap the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals. I, I know they got DeAndre Hopkins. They got Larry Fitzgerald. I know they're going to do, a, they're going to do good this year. I hope. What do they have to fix the offensive line? Fifty sacks for O line is trash, guys. That's that's embarrassing. That's downright embarrassing. That's horrible. That's really really bad. I can't I can't get a, can't of breath around that. Fifty sacks in one season by one guy by by one group of guys. Come on, that's that's bad. Really bad. I don't care if you got injury, injuries or not. No O line should no O line group should give up this many sacks. Buccaneers forty seven. Now a lot of people talk about the the, the I almost say San Diego, the L.A. Chargers. They say, oh man, they had they, they had bad old line play. Oh my goodness, they had they were horrible. I mean, Google, right but the center guard center. What, I mean, guard center guard. What happened? <laughs> they got embarrassed. Wait, <laughs> they got embarrassed every single week. It was bad guys. It was really really bad. But once again, okay, so Jay, so Cardinals gave up fifty sacks. Buccaneers gave up forty-seven. The Browns gave up forty-one. There's no way. There's no way the Chargers could be as bad. No, no, Jay. Uh, uh the Chargers gave up. What did they give up? Twenty twenty-five. I mean, it, it, I mean, no way they gave up more than thirty. Nope. The Chargers gave up thirty-four sacks last year as an offensive line group. Now I do understand and realize all five offensive, all five offensive linemen that started at week one. They didn't – there was a good shot. They didn't start all 16 games because that's hard to do, especially at that position when you're getting beat up and going through uh, car crashes at literally fig- – literal – Car crashes, um, not literally driving a car, but you, you get it. It's a great example of what happens in a car crash. Those collisions that happen every single play. Yes, those type of collisions. A car crash. 34 sacks last year. Now, I want to list off some of the skilled players. You're going to, you're going to think, wow, how did that happen? These guys should be really, really good. So I already went through the, the bucket of years. I'll go through it again. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Christian Breit, O.J. Howard, Brashard Perryman. Pretty good, pretty good sli- set of a uh, uh, skill position players. I did not have the running back there um, for this sake, but hey, you get it. Skill position players, they should be great. Nope, 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 nope. Sacked a lot. The Browns. I just got a few here: Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, Oda Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, David and Joe who ended up getting hurt. Only played four games, but still, you get you get the gist of the point skill position players great what happened the Browns did not address the offensive line and that was my cry that was one thing that I was harping on last year before the season fix the offensive line yeah we all knocked Baker Mayfield I'm not a big fan of Baker Mayfield I think he's very very arrogant things like that but Baker Mayfield for him to succeed for the Browns to succeed what has to happen they have to fix the offensive, offensive line and the defensive line to be successful in the National Football League League okay the Cardinals some of their skill position players David Johnson Kenyon Drake these are the few that I wrote down Christian Kirk uh Larry Fitzgerald okay cool they're not as sexy names they're not not as good a names as some of the other guys but they're still guys that are starting caliber players in the NFL what happened Larry Fitzgerald Christian Kirk did what Larry Fitzgerald does what he always does Christian Kirk had a really good year what happened they still gave up 50 sacks last year the Chargers the Chargers Melvin Gordon Austin Eckler Keenan Allen Mike Williams Hunter Henry do you get the gist of what I'm saying the one thing football fans a lot of football fans, myself included, it happens to me. I am human. This happens to me. Football fans, we get caught up in the limelight. We get caught up in the guys on the outside or the guy behind the, the quarterback, um, the running back that is, or the fullback. If you go old school, Mike Allstop, that style of football. We're like, oh, wow. He had how many touchdowns that game? He caught three touchdowns for 250 yards. Oh, my gosh. Or oh, the Randy Moss gabber he had three touchdowns. I, mean, I think it was two touchdowns, three catches for like 180 yards. Like, oh my gosh, Randy Moss, you're so good. Uh, Chris Carter, you're so good. Oh my goodness, Dante Pepper, you guys are so good. And we forget about guys. Yes, it's, yeah, I can keep going. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, uh, some of the guys, Odell Beckham Jr. We we we, harp on, we we get caught up on that catch. We get caught up on the catch of Odell Beckham Jr. in his hands and say, oh, my goodness, Odell, you are great. You're, you're really, really good. Whatever team you're on, you're going to be successful. You're going to win. And people, we forget, you cannot win if you're losing the battle in the trenches. You say, oh, okay, cool. So what do I need? You, I need a, a solid a solid left tackle quarterback's right-handed drops back got to, we got to protect got to protect his blind side we've seen the movie we've all know what that talks about what the movie is and things like that we got to protect the blind side <laughs> yeah that's that's great there's oh there's four other positions there's guys behind him there's a tight end that can block it's great yeah okay cool let's tackle solid what about guard center guard tackle left guard, center, right guard, tackle. What what about those positions? What are you going to do? Oh, they they, they could suck. They could be trash. They could be horrible. You don't need those to be good at all. Yes, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do. One of the things that that happened last year with the offensive line of the uh, Indianapolis Colts that didn't really happen at all um, throughout Andrew Luck's tenure, most of Andrew Luck's tenure, while he was playing in the league, the offensive line last year, well, the year before, last year's offensive line was not playing as good as it should have been, but the offensive line of the Colts is being solidified by Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard is doing a phenomenal job of putting the pieces of this puzzle together to get guys together that not only like each other, but, can, but but can play well together. He is he has stirred up. He went to his lab and he and he this this kid this formula uh, that he put together. It's working very very well. The O line Indianapolis is one of the best in the NFL. We all talk about another offensive line that's really really good. The Dallas Cowboys. You know what? The Dallas Cowboys have a really good running game. A really good rush attack. You know what also happens, Dak Prescott. Yeah, you could knock it. You could go on and talk about how bad Dak is or how Dak's not playing up to his potential. But you know what, Dak Prescott does have in front of him five guys he can trust. Five guys are there every single snap. Hey, yeah, great, Tampa Bay, Tampa, great. Look at it, the Colts. Thinks the old line things are getting better there. The Cowboys don't have questions with the old line. They have questions in other positions and Jerry Jones and ownership and him running the g him being the GM. I don't like that combination, but hey, that's what he wants to do. He's the owner. That's on him. That's what he wants to do. But you know what, guys, Buccaneers fans, football fans, a lot of you. I when I say myself, it I was not in this camp last year. A lot of football fans fell into the trap. They they looked at the stars, looked on paper of what the Browns had, said, oh my gosh, I get stuck. I got stuck on that page. Oh my goodness, man, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. What happened? They were the opposite. Why? They didn't have a solid, solidified offensive line. Yes, I know it's April. Yes, I know the draft starts tonight. But you know what has to happen? What else should happen? Look for the Buccaneers with Bruce Arians being a guy that's been around for a while, that's analyzed games, that's called games, as a color commentator for CBS. So he knows uh, from up top, you can see, Things that work, things that don't work. Fix the O line. Fix it now. You want Tom to play every game on during his two-year career? I mean, two-year contract with the Buccaneers. Protect him. Tom went there because he trusts Bruce Arians. He trusts Byron leftwood Byron Leftwich, and he trusts the team there. Hey. Fix the offensive line. If you want to be successful, if you're a Buccaneers fan and you want another ring, if you want to relive the glory days of the jerseys, because trust me, the new jerseys look very, 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 very similar to the ones when you guys won the Super Bowl the last time. Fix the offensive line. You fix the old line, hey, 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 you may get to the promised land. If you don't, don't think about going there. Very, very quickly, last but not least, Sticking with football, there is another gentleman that believes he's going to come back to the National Football League via Josina Anderson with his contact with her. He put it out there that Percy Harvin believes he wants to make a return. He wants to come out of retirement and come back to the National Football League. You may be saying Percy Harvin, the guy at the University of Florida that killed everybody, was kind of a Swiss Army knife that was very, very good and played very well in Urban Meyer's offense. That guy, yes. There's also the, the the Percy Harvin that that got into it when he, with teammates in Seattle that was known for uh, being a, a locker room guy, a bad locker room guy there in Seattle. A guy that went into retirement that came out of retirement. There were a couple of issues there in Buffalo where uh, a couple of receivers were hurt and it was better for him and he felt like it was best for him and the help of a team, honestly, to come out of retirement. I mean that guy, Percy Harvin, that guy that's been out of football for three years? We get on... Rob Gronkowski, he's been out of, out of football for a year. Other guys, if you're out three, four, five years, my, my goodness now, if I'm a GM, if I'm a head coach, <laughs> I've got to keep trying to keep my distance. i am trying to keep my distance from you. But Percy Harvin, I, I, I like it. He believes he's in a good place. He's, he believes his head's in a good place. We all know when he left football, he was not that. His head was not on the straight. He was in a bad place. Um, he had to clear things up with him, his family, uh, mentally, physically, make sure he was uh, taking care of his body, getting healthy, uh, the injuries and the concussions that he had when he was playing in the NFL. Hey, he believes this is a time, this is the right time to come back. Also, another weird and odd thing about Percy Arvin coming back. Hey, I'm here for it. I'm going to knock it. If a guy wants to come back, come out of retirement and, just, and play a game that he loves. Hey, hey, go for it. Go for it. Do it. But I believe what he's doing now, he's putting feelers out to see if teams want him. I'm not sure if he truly wants to come back or if he does. I'm not sure if he's just going to dump right in and put his and actually go. I, I think right now what he's doing, him and his agent, they're putting feelers out there and saying, hey, uh, there's a thought of him coming back, and and you know how people are. These 32 teams, they have owners, they have scouts, and uh, they have GMs and they have executives that are out there that they'll put the two cents in. Nope, nope, nope. You've been out for too long. Nope, you were a head case before. Nope, not gonna do it. You're about. He's also about to be 31 years old. You all, you all know. Normally at when you hit your thirties, you're on the downside of your football career because football is so physical. Football is changing. The game is is faster. Um, the game is moving. The game is progressing. The offenses are changing. The defenses are changing. So th- normally, when you're 30 years old, 31, 30, 31, 32, you're in the back end. You're the tail end of your career. And normally, a coach is not want to bring a does not want to sign a guy out of retirement. The guy wants to come out of retirement. it has been out for three years. Rob Gronkowski, great. He was he was he was retired, but the Patriots still had his rights and if you want to come back he had to go back to them and ultimately they negotiated a deal hey he came back he came back they traded him and things like that another tidbit sorry I'll get the person I'll read in a second one weird thing one odd thing I think about this Rob Gronkowski coming back to Tampa Bay actually it's good for him he was able to get his physical right away and that deal is done and for so many over the tenure and over the time of COVID 19 where we're with the stay-at-home orders and social distancing has been a thing of our country we're all over the place. One thing that's odd is Rob Gronkowski already passed his physical. Tua Tagovailoa, there are medical concerns about him and he can't get a physical. So Rob can get his Tua can't get his. I understand one's a they're both adults. They both make their own decisions, but very, very odd you will think that a teen that may potentially draft Tua would get that physical and, and test his medicals and make sure they can make the right decision based off proper knowledge and proper evaluation. But ultimately they can't and Rob got a hit. Rob Gronkowski got his. You asked me, Jay, how, how was that possible? I don't know. I'm scratching my head trying to figure that out as well. Back to Percy Harvard. Percy Harvard coming back. If he comes back, good for him. He has also made a comment about possibly wanting to go to Tampa Bay. Good for him. Do I think Tom wants him? If this was Percy Harvin coming right out of uh, the University of Florida, right out of college. Yes. Great. Go get him. Come back. Boom. Let's go. But I don't know if Percy Harvin has the Antonio Brown work ethic, the Antonio Brown uh, workouts that Antonio Brown does. I don't know if if, uh, if uh, Percy Harvin is doing that. I do know Percy Harvin is currently training. He's working out with the former Olympian, uh, currently based in Gainesville, Tim Montgomery, a sprinter, the founder of Numa Speed and... Percy Arvin is currently listed at currently currently weighs. He's sitting at a trim 185 pounds. So my thing is, okay, great. All the articles I've read. Antonio Brown, when he he works out, Antonio Brown, he does hand work. He does footwork. He works on catching the ball. All these things to keep him in tip-top shape in his workouts. Are, are top-notch nobody ever questions Antonio Brown's work ethic and in one person that does not question it is is Tom Brady one weekend Tom Brady was a winner was a believer that like he wanted to work with with Antonio Brown but Antonio Brown could not get out of Antonio Brown's way so Percy Arvin, uh, Percy Arvin as well Percy Arvin's been out for three years and all the articles that I've read like I mentioned it's all about him doing speed stuff speed work sir you're a receiver now, I understand you may be in slot, you may, you may be the H the back position, but you are a wide receiver. Please tell me you're working on your hands. Please tell me you're working on your hands. Please tell me you are doing things right now at this point in time to work on your hands. Because with all the head case that you that you have been before, hopefully uh, we can take at your word and say all that is gone, all you're done with all that stuff. But if not, I get it. I understand. We're human. We sometimes go back to our old ways. But make sure you're yeah, just working on your speed. You're working on your hands. You're in great shape because you know what? It may not be Tampa Bay. It could be a Lincoln Riley out in Arizona over there. Not Lincoln Riley. Excuse me. Cliff Kingsbury. I got the names mixed up. Cliff Kingsbury. Colin Murray. I think he would actually sell with a guy like Percy Harvin. If Percy Harvin could be a good guy and keep his head on straight and be a leader in the locker room and work on things and be kind of a Swiss army knife. Hey, Percy Harvin. You could be very, very good. And I'm here for it. I would love for Percy Harvin to come back and be very, very good. But would I touch him? Nah, man. He'd been out for three years. And when you've been out for a a sport for three years and you're in his football, I'm out on you. You are not Michael Jordan. You are not the caliber player. If it was Mike, I'm all for it. Come on back. The Wizards want you. If it's Percy Harvin, stay away from me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Stevens 7 If you if you are not on Twitter, you would love to connect with the podcast. Send your emails to Pod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for, for people that are searching for new podcasts to listen to, to come across this one do you remember to ask the word out about the podcast via word of mouth the things that we enjoy in life we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about so no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening to episode one be sure that people know about the podcast it's been episode 87 of wow it's hard to believe we've gotten that far the jay smith podcast i'll see you next time Douglas from 9290 Game and you listen to MTMB Sports.